0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest Pensions in 10. This week, we take a look at the FCA um, review of advice and guidance boundaries. We look at TPR's thoughts on mergers and acquisitions with an update on the BHS saga, which is
1: continues, and then a look ahead into 2024. Dave, yet another consultation has been announced, this time from the FCA. Uh, do you want to just run us through what uh, what they're asking?
0: Yeah, no, quite a high level, I think. Um, but so this is into advice, guidance, and the boundaries between those two things. And I think, well, for the last maybe ten years, yeah, the issue between what's advice, what's guidance has, has really been a problem, um, and a problem in the mass market of people getting advice and/or guidance, and what those words mean, and how you provide that in a regulatory way, and make sure people are protected when recommended actions and these kind of things. It has created quite a difficult position. So RDR kind of made it harder for banks to support people. And I think as we've mentioned on Pensions and 10 before, there aren't enough advisors around to advise everybody who might want advice or who who we might want to get advice if we wanted them to have it to make good financial decisions. And so I think something like this needs to be done just to clarify where that guidance and advice boundary is, what you can say to help people and we've also got the things around simplified advice and how that works, especially around in in the world that I work in, you know, defined benefit transfers and how people can be given, you know, triage advice and working through to full recommended advice and whether or not to transfer. It. It's a really tricky area for advisors to work in. It's a tricky area for people to understand what they're receiving and how they're receiving it, to know whether they're in in a regulatory environment or just being just reading, you know, guidance or or, or taking full financial advice. So this is just needed by the industry, and I think trustees would would, would welcome this because, and again, I think we've mentioned on this this before, is that I think trustees should be given more power and given more ability to to signpost members to advisors to get good financial advice at the time they need it, either transfer or retirement or even when there's been a bereavement or something like that. But trustees are nervous because of this regulatory unclarity around what is advice and what is guidance. So.
1: Anything the more the FCA can do to help this, I think, is to be welcomed. And it's something that uh, Chloe Taylor, who's the incoming first CEO of Quiet Room, the communications specialist, and I were talking about um, the the broadcast coming to a podcast provider near you very very soon. Uh, so if you want to find out a little bit more about what what the comm specialists uh, think. Uh, about communication and that sort of advice guidance, um, the the blurring of the lines there, then then tune into the pod, uh, the broadcast podcast.
0: So Simon, as we've become used to, the regulator likes to issue blogs and speeches as part of their regulatory um, methodology to get out to the industry. And this week, they've been talking about mergers and acquisitions, and I know that's an area that you take a keen interest in. So what do you think about what they've been saying?
1: Uh, yes, you're right. They do like to try and influence the industry. Um, they, they sort of trail things. And what they're, they're really trailing, I think, is around the new notifiable events regime trying to get this was a speech at the UK Finance Corporate Finance Committee dinner. I was reading that. It doesn't sound right. There's a lot of finances um, in there. Um, there, was, there was, wasn't there? UK Finance, Corporate Finance Committee. Anyway, that was right. So uh, TPR's chief chief executive, Norska Delfast, um, was saying that uh, those involved in M&A, so the corporates particularly, should be engaging at early stages with the trustees, which I think is, is good practice. Um, that will be enforced if... When we see the new notifiable events regime land, which uh, we'll, we'll touch on the the future uh, a little later on, um, I think it's what they're trying to do really is is just get the corporates around to so this is coming in. You're going to have to do this, um, so you might as well get used to it now. The regulators um, underline that they say they don't want to prevent M and um, A. They're also saying that because of the uh, better funding positions of schemes. Uh, corporates may be uh, finding themselves a a more palatable target for M&A. And I've always said that the pension scheme alone is occasionally a barrier to M&A. If I had the option to buy two companies, one had a DB scheme with a deficit and one didn't, um, guess which one I'm going to buy? It's not the one with the DB scheme. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it it does bring complexity. Um, It's good practice. You know this. Our listeners, our viewers will know this. Uh, if if you've got a corporate and a trustee board in regular dialogue, it's going to be better for both parties. Uh, whether corporates will be comfortable lifting the drains on M&A activity and how soon they're likely to do that uh, and go with a, a, a full suite of information to the trustees. I think we might see a, a bit of a sticking point there, perhaps. Uh, even when mandated through through legislation. Uh, but generally speaking, it's a sensible message from the regulator. Uh, if you're looking to transact, make sure the schemes treated equitably, which is a line that they've they've used many, many times, and just get the trustees on board at an early stage.
0: And just carrying on with the topic of um, M&A Simon, BHS uh, is back in the news. So I know some of us will probably shiver at the, at the the letters, but um, I know you're brave enough to go into the article.
1: So, what have you been? What have you been reading? <laughs> brave enough or daft enough? Um, Oliver Sharp, uh, who promised that he wouldn't write about uh, BHS and, and Sir Philip Green again, has uh, understandably broken cover on this one in, in the Financial <laughs> Times. Um, Dominic Chappell, uh, you may remember, was uh, leading the um, retail acquisitions company uh, that purchased. BHS, British Home Stores, from Sir Sir Philip Green for a pound uh, back in 2015. Um, Now, Dominic Chappelle, it didn't go very well for him because the business then went into administration in April 2016. And the uh, liquidator for British Home Stores, uh, FRP Advisory, uh, they've taken a, a wrongful trading claim to the High Court for £133 million. Um, So the four main people involved in, in the retail acquisitions company, um, they're pursuing them for, for that money. Uh, Dominic Chappelle was jailed in November 2020 for tax evasion for around £2.2 million of of income that he received from... BHS in that uh, relatively short time before it went into, into administration. He served three years of a six-year sentence and was, was released in November, so last month, and then walked straight out, out of uh, of jail and into this court case. So uh, that's still ongoing. Uh, but yeah, BHS, it's, uh, it's the story that refuses to die.
0: Yeah, I can't believe it's that long ago, to be honest. I
1: remember, you know, select committees and all this kind of stuff, blimey. Yeah, well we were all living and breathing it uh, for, for a good number of years, weren't we? Yeah. As we're approaching the end of the year, Dave, I think it's only right that we look to the future, we become Mystic Meg for a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you think we might see in 2024? Well, luckily, I did my little, sort of come closer sidekick thing. Luckily,
0: um, the Bank of England um, issue a regulatory pipeline grid for us to pour over to see uh, what's coming up and what the positions on re- re- various regulatory issues. Get these new teeth broken in. Um, so the first one, and I know we've talked about it before, but is the funding code. Um, it's expected to be in force April t- 2024, but not applied to valuations until, hold it together, Simon, not hold it together, <laughs> not to be in fo- um, to apply to valuations until o- the autumn 2024. So that's notable. So slightly the delay you know the timetable is slightly slipping but that's you know that's what they they've said and also that the new code of practice the general code which again we talked about before um that is due to be enforced from April 2024 yeah, i know we've mentioned that there's meant to be a 40 day period where it's meant to be sitting in front of parliament before it can be in law similar with the funding code as well so we'll have a bit of forewarning obviously nothing's going to happen now before the um the 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 christmas break of parliament so likely to be laid in the new year. So we'll let you know when that happens. And then finally, we've got actually some interesting comments. I'm going back to your M&A thing earlier around notifiable events. So back in 2021, 22, the regulator and the government wanted to put in a whole raft of um, requirements for employers when they're doing commercial activity, um, mergers acquisitions, to notify the employer, notify the trustees, sorry, of actions they're going to be taking. And then these just sort of disappeared. Um, uh, from any kind of timetable, but these are there and notable that they're saying around significant uncertainty around delivery. So potentially we may never see these and hence some of the things we've seen from the regulator of the last year or so to try to effectively have these framed in regulatory expectation rather than have any legal background. Um, So that's notable. I think that's quite
1: interesting. I agree. And the the other thing we may well see next year, of course, is a general election. Um, There are several several thoughts on this. Um, Not that long ago, there was an expectation that it may be a spring general election. Um, I think that's looking less likely now, although, of course, it does need to be called before the end of January uh, 2025. Um, what needs to take place before the end of January 2025. And there's there's usually around about a four-week period between announcing the election uh, and uh, and polling day. So it seems unlikely that coming back from a Christmas break, they're going to go into a full campaigning session. So I would expect it's going to be towards the end of next year um, that we'll see the general election rather than hanging on until the very end uh, of the, the time period, and, and doing so in January 2025.
0: Yeah, I think this is helpful in a way. Let's get on with it. Let's see what the future... I mean, from a regulatory policy pensions person's perspective, you know, we know Labour have said some things about lifetime allowance. We would like to know more about what they think. We've said some things about productive finance and that direction of travel for Imagine House. I'd like to know more about what they think. And I know, I think they launched, was it just week just gone? Some city, you know, think tank kind of You know, people are informing their policy. That is interesting as well. So, I think Labour are trying to appear to be a little bit more of a friend to the city than perhaps an enemy. So, again, these are all important things, and you know, this is just going to ramp up throughout the um, throughout the year ahead. So, that's going to be
1: interesting to keep an eye on. Absolutely, but we'll be here to help our viewers, (laughs) one way or another. Yes. I mentioned that we were coming to the end of the year, Dave. So, I think it's uh, only right that we say thank you to all of our viewers uh for bearing with us uh it was a, a new thing for us to try um mm. seems to have landed well we've got a lot of fantastic feedback uh so we're going to take a, a little break uh, and come back on the second week of january so the next pensions in 10 should be landing on the 9th of january tuesday the 9th of january so make sure you pop that into your into your calendars um but i think i mean dave we've been really overwhelmed by the the kindness and generosity of people, uh, their reactions to this. its It's been really, really wonderful, actually.
0: Yeah, I have a little experiment that we, the first episode was a complete test. I mean, I was wearing a lumberjack shirt for crying out loud, so, you know, look how, I mean, I think I'm better dressed now than I was then. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, and the feedback at conferences when you're out and about, people messaging, I, I just think it's been really encouraging. And that's why we're going to carry on doing it. We really enjoy having this opportunity to tell people what's going on and and have that two way conversation. So yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody and we'll see you in, in the new year.